G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Oh, you're listening to 2020. It's Alan Lee standing in for Neil Johnson on this Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning means we're joined by our Middle East correspondent, Ron Ross. Ron, good morning. Good morning. Israel's Prime Minister is in Moscow. That's a bit of a surprise. He's, he's there to establish how to prevent military misunderstandings with, with Russia in Syria. We talked a bit about that last week, so I wasn't expecting him to go to Moscow. Yeah, the man has taken the initiative, and he took two of his generals with him just to make sure there was no misunderstanding uh, working in Syria where the Russian forces have really uh, grown substantially. And, in fact, one report I read this morning uh, said it's uh, Russia's first major incursion beyond its recognised boundaries. Uh, But Netanyahu has gone to Russia and he wanted to create a mechanism uh, to prevent accidental confrontation between their forces uh, working in Syria. Uh, Netanyahu, in a phone briefing with Israeli reporters said that the meeting was devoted to the complicated situation on Israel's border. He said, I've made clear uh, our policy to try to prevent, through various means, the transfer of lethal weapons from Syria to Hezbollah, which is actually done at the direction of Iran. Netanyahu said that the purpose of the meeting was to prevent misunderstandings between IDF and Russian forces. He said, we established a mechanism to prevent those misunderstandings, and this is something very important for Israel's security. So very interesting to see that Benjamin Netanyahu has taken that initiative, and he took IDF Chief of Staff, Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant General Gary Eisenkopf, and Military Intelligence Chief Major General Hertzi Halevi with him, uh, just to make sure they understood all the discussions taking place. It would be interesting to know what Vladimir Putin's reaction was to to that, because he's he's not backwards and coming forwards, is he? No, he's not. He he made a comment with uh, Netanyahu before the meeting. They'd, he didn't take any journalists with him, Netanyahu, oh. and the reporters come from the Prime Minister's office. Uh, but uh, Putin made uh, comments about the increasingly complicated situation on Israel's northern border. He said over the last number of years, and even more so over the last few months, Iran and Syria are arming radical Islamic terrorist organizations, Hezbollah. Uh, He said that he respected Israel's uh, military situation and uh, hoped that they could work together in harmony. But, of course, Netanyahu is very concerned uh, that Russia has stated its declaration in going to Syria is to protect uh, the future of uh, uh, Abbas, the leader of the Syrian state. Mm. Um, Meanwhile, um, in Israel itself, a new poll uh, is showing that the majority of Palestinians want Mahmoud Abbas, their leader, to resign. 
Yeah, this is a very interesting poll, and the story was published this week, written by a friend of mine, Khaled Abu Tomei, uh, and even last week, uh, Hamas declared they wanted to hang Mahmoud Abbas. Wow. <laughs> uh, but the public opinion poll published on uh, yesterday showed that Palestinian Authority Abbas's popularity has declined considerably. The poll was conducted by the Palestinian Centre for Policy and Survey Re uh, Research, and it was conducted between the 17th and 19th of uh, September. According to the results of the poll, 65% of the respondents want Abbas to resign, 31% uh, want him to remain in office, two-thirds believe his resignation from the PLO Executive Committee is a joke. Uh, if Abbas does not run in a new election, 32% of the respondents prefer to see the imprisoned Fatah leader, Marwan Bagudi, replace him. Uh, what a weird situation that would yeah, be. Yeah, that's very odd. Well, how would that work? <laughs> I don't know, but he's been the popular leader of the uh, Palestinian Authority now for the last decade, uh, but he's been spending most of that time in confinement in Israel. Oh. Uh, the Hajj, annual Hajj pilgrimage coming up, Saudi Arabia's... Um, marshaled 100,000 troops to, to secure that. They're very concerned about terrorist activity. It starts today, and it's the annual uh, pilgrimage. Uh, Major General Mansur al-Turki said, uh, we've always concentrated on the Hajj, considering a threat might exist. We've been targeted by terrorism for years now, and we know that we're a target for terrorist groups now. Roughly 3 million people from around the world are expected to converge at the Kaaba in, in Mina and other nearby areas for the Hajj, which lasts about five days. But it's interesting to me that uh, Saudi Arabia can rarely find a, a, a soldiers to put boots on the ground in any major attack against ISIS, and all of a sudden <laughs> they found 100,000 to protect uh, pilgrims to the Hajj. <laughs> You're, you're getting cynical in your old age, Rob. Yeah, I just find that very strange. <laughs> uh, talking of cynical, the Iran nuclear deal, which we've talked about so much over the, the last months, hasn't been signed. <laughs> you talk about stupidity in the high places. <laughs> Ayatollah Khomeini issued an instruction to his uh, negotiators with the U.S., and told them that under no circumstances were they to sign the Iran nuclear deal. And now it's revealed that it's never been signed, although we've had press reports from the White House saying it has. Uh, it's uh, causing great concern with the Congress in the United States, as you can imagine. Uh, but on September the 18th, Congressman Mike Pompey sent a letter to the Secretary of State, John Kerry. In the letter, Pompeo informed the Secretary that while reviewing the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which is the nuclear Iran deal, he noted there were no signatures on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> he said, without signatures, there can be no legally binding contract. And apparently, there is no... Iran deal on paper, it's just in somebody's head. <laughs> uh, I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> so we've been worrying all this time, and <laughs> maybe we didn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> w 
well, international affairs scholar and Iran expert Michael Ledeen pointed out that more than two months ago, Iran's Ataya Khamenei would not allow his country to sign the thing. And uh, today he said that the, the desperation exhibited by the Obama administration to get a deal has resulted in this ludicrous situation. Uh, I, I mean, uh, transparency from this White House is just non-existent. Ledeen told the Jewish press, it's a verbal agreement. It means the diplomats meeting in Vienna thought it was a good idea, but that's not enforceable. What is it that uh, Groucho Marx said? A verbal contract isn't worth the paper it's written on? That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. <laughs> Finally, um, this is a, a strange retail. The uh, chief rabbi in Israel has called for a boycott of the International Christian Embassy's Feast of Tabernacle celebrations. Yeah, this has caused a big concern. Uh, the Feast of Tabernacles is an amazing event hosted by the International Christian Embassy every year in uh, in Jerusalem. You know, I remember back when I lived in Jerusalem, uh, my pharmacist was also a very high-up political man, and I remember a time when we were having trouble uh, having Christians retain their visas to stay in Israel. And it got very difficult for the ICJ because a number of their people... Uh, had not had their visas renewed. And we got to the point where uh, Bridges for Peace volunteered to assist ICJ to provide the personnel to make it function. But when I was talking to Arvi, my pharmacist, I said to him, you know, the, the Feast of Tabernacles may have to be postponed this year. And he said, why? And I said, well, we're not getting visas approved for... Uh, Christian workers to remain in the country to do their job. And he said, you will never cancel the Feast of Tabernacles. I said, why is that? He said, because you love us too much. <laughs> uh, but now we've got the Ashkenazi Chief Rabbi David Lauer and Sephardic Chief Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef uh, declaring that there should be a boycott on the uh, spiritually dangerous event. Uh, it coincides with the Jewish festival of Sukkot, and thousands of Christian pilgrims come every year from 80 countries uh, to attend the event. In a statement, the ICJ said, Lau and Yitzhak's accusations of proselytization were a scare tactic and maintained that its extensive pro-Israel advocacy efforts worldwide demonstrated it has a sincere friendship and support for Israel. Uh, the statement has urged the chief rabbis to reconsider their statement, which they said could cause much harm to the new level of close Jewish-Christian relationships that have developed over the past 60 years. ICEJ has been a major advocate uh, for Israel in many, many places, and in fact they have sponsored the return to Israel of nearly 120,000 Jewish immigrants. While the rabbis in their September 3 letter allowed that ICJ was a friend of Israel, they said that the feast in intentionally targeted Israeli Jews with missionary activities. Uh, they said that this is a grave matter that runs contrary to our faith, and we must therefore denounce it 
and warn the public. But there has been a stiff reaction uh, from Israelis uh, who have opposed the uh, decision of the uh, chief rabbinate. The embassy in Israel raises millions of dollars to assist with the immigration to Israel of Jews. And earlier this month, ICJ sent a delegation to Washington to lobby against the nuclear agreement reached between Iran and the world powers. Uh, it's very, very interesting to see how this may develop, um, but it's one we should be praying about and praying consistently. Yeah. Okay, Ron, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed for your insights, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again at the same time next week. Thanks, mate. All the best. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.